You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am not your normal host, Ryan Dangle. I am actually Brendan Chigrew. Ryan's going to be here in a minute. Um, this is a special post game edition, like actual post game, post game, because the Commanders and Bears game just ended and we finally have a win. We finally have a win. The drought is over and we just cannot wait to talk about it. So, real quickly, if you want to follow me, Make sure you get me on Twitter slash X at Brendan Chigrew. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. And check out my work at bearswire.com. I'm going to bring in our guy, Jack Wright. You can follow him on Twitter slash X at BeardownJack. Jack, it's finally over, man. We did it. Go. We did it. That was so freaking fun. I mean, just really what an outstanding game to watch. Obviously much better in the first half, and they gave us the the scaries again in the second half, but yeah. um, but sealed it. They sealed it when they needed to seal it, and 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 Justin Fields made a big play at the end when he needed to make a big play at the end, and there's so much good stuff to talk about, Brendan. Let's go. Well, okay. I mean, first off, I'm going to say I'm, I'm talking kind of quietly because it's late, and I don't want to wake up other members of my house, so if anybody – you know, just letting you know. Um, you talked about Justin Fields. DJ Moore yeah. made a play. Yeah. He made a lot, a lot of plays. My goodness, this was a receiving game for the ages, man. I mean, you know, 239, I think he had no 230 yards that he had, second most in Bears history, only behind Alshon Jeffrey. He was making big plays, bailing his quarterback out. I mean, I don't know what I was seeing. I have not seen a performance like that from a Bears wide receiver since Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall 10 years ago, man. He's so electric. And I think that we knew that he was electric. His um, like zero to 60 speed is just outrageously fast. He gets the ball turns and he is just up the field. And, you know, we've seen the struggles. We know that we were like, okay, well, let's get the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker. And in the text thread, I said something like, this seems simple. Find DJ Moore, throw DJ Moore the ball. Like every team that we watch gets their playmakers the ball. And that's what we did. And I mean, it sounds so stinking simple, but it was euphoric to watch them find their number one receiver and let their number one receiver make plays. Like we've been, again, nothing simple in Bears life. And so we are going to freak out about it because it's, yeah. it's, it's not the norm, and it's awesome to see when our team finally does it. No, no doubt. I mean, we made the comparison. I know I definitely did early on when the season started that these guys like Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown, they come to their new teams, and they immediately make such a big impact. Like Stefan Diggs, his first game, he had like 86 yards and a touchdown and like eight grabs. A.J. Brown went off for like 135 yards in his first start. 
And then DJ Moore has like 23 yards in that Packers game. And it's like, how are you not getting him more involved in this game? And so as you as the season started to go, we saw it last week, he was much more involved in the game plan. And that led right away too in the first quarter. Like you saw those touchdown passes and him just moving the ball. It finally seems like it's so simple, but it just whatever blockhead thing needed to get through, you know, Luke Getze, it finally happened where Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Luke Getze all came together and said, hey, let's get this plan to work. And no matter what, whether it's a screenplay, whether it's those quick hitches that he's able to get in front of the defenders or even those deep balls, find him and get him the ball no matter what, because he can create separation. He can break tackles. I mean, he probably should have had more yards too. think about it. If that phantom out of bounds play doesn't happen, that we really didn't get a yeah, good look that- at that phantom out of bounds, which I can't believe we've never saw a sideline view of that, by the way. Right. And then, and then he was overthrown in the end zone late in the game. Yes. Oh man. I mean, he just he, he, he man too, right away too. That yes. was tough. I mean, so I mean, I, I know, right. Like, okay, great. Three touchdowns. I'm not asking for five, but I mean, that was plausible in those instances. Uh, he won't go down. Uh, he's like Velcro when it comes to the ball. He comes down with it if it seems like it's close or contested or a DB is anywhere in the vicinity. He has the ball, and then there's no hesitation in his mind whatsoever. He knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. He is headed to the end zone. He goes straight up the field in such a quick, like I said, such a fast manner. Um, it's just electric. It's electric. That's a good point. He's very purposeful with his yes. cuts. Like it's it's no dancing around. It's just bang bang and up. Yes. The, and he's he, he's kind of like Justin Fields in that sense where he's much faster than you think. And you just see him blow by defenders. You're like, I didn't think he had that kind of speed. You know? Oh, so quick. I mean, just I, I I always you'll you know I guess you will enjoy this because we are Irish fans. But my comparison when it comes to that kind of on the field speed and burst is always rocket Ishmael. I don't know as if I've ever seen anybody <laughs> have a burst like rocket Ishmael on the field where he would go from standing still to running like at a dead sprint, you know, in, in no time. And when I see guys that flash like that, Ryan Dangle is here. Um, he is. When I see guys flash like that, it, I think rocket and he's like rocket esque when it comes to like that sheer, just electric speed. Oh, I love it. How are you, Ryan? <laughs> I'm like dumbfounded. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know how to feel about this. And in one sense, Matt Eberflus gets another week, you know, where people are like, oh, look, we're, we're turning the things around. And it's, I, I just, it's got bad vibes all over it. On the other hand, I couldn't be more excited. Eight touchdowns in two games for Justin Fields. DJ Moore is better than Brandon Marshall. Maybe. I mean, we were, we were literally just salivating over that. Morning. I mean, he'll be better than him if he gets a, if he doesn't get injured and he stays. I think his upside, a, his ceiling is higher than Brandon Marshall. It, it is. He's a more complete receiver. I mean, Marshall was such a physical specimen, and he could just bully defenders. And DJ Moore is just that really finesse guy. Like he's he, he's got a nice mix of speed and quickness, but he's also big and physical like Marshall. It's, mm. it's really unique. So um, yeah, what, what a performance. Yeah. Um, 
Ryan, I don't know if you want to take this over. I mean, we're just chatting here, but I like, mean, I, was... I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up, Brendan. I'm sure you're rocking and rolling boys. Where, where are we at? What have, what have we talked about thus far? I'm sorry. I'm late, but also I'm ecstatic that I'm here. My wife let it slide. Uh, again, for anyone that doesn't know, um, we have an 11 day old child and she's like, yeah, I don't care. Call outside. Go podcast. I was like, thank you. I love you. So, go, go play outside. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, it, as, as all of you also know that this used to be a shed and is now my office. So it's a he shed, uh, by the way. Um, yeah. Where was it? Ryland bringing that dub. That's right. Yes, she oh, is. That's really Not cool. the first time, but this one she did. So yeah. we'll take it. Yeah. Fortunately, she's only lived in a world where the bears are one and two. So it could be it could be worse. <laughs> oh, could, man. Uh, no, we uh, we definitely need some before we go any further. We definitely do need to thank some people that help make this podcast go any further. So, uh, Jack, what you got for us? It looks like Ryan got a haircut. In fact, I know he got a haircut. Um, he was, he was bragging about it today. I know. Yesterday. You went to Whedon or Naper Thrill? I went, I went, so that's the big news. I, I get, I got the okay from Will to okay. say, Hey, we can talk about it. Sheridan's is so good at what they do. And I, and, and, and you know it because every single time I go in there, it's packed. Right. And so they're like, let's, let's see what we can do. They open up another shop and they've got one. It's called Hensel's. It's in Naperville, which will, will give you some more details. Um, they're working on getting all that online stuff and all that stuff taken care of. Thank you very much, Heidi, uh, for letting, noticing my haircut. Uh, will, I, I mean it. People sit on me, man, where do you get your haircut? Uh, Sheridan's barbershop and now Hensel's barbershop, which is really, really cool that those guys are, are going to be in both places. So congrats to the the, the Sheridan's guys. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I love it. I don't know, but I think it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll next time I see, you, I guess I'll just give it a slap. All right, that so would Sheridan. be good. What? Sorry, I'm just saying that's 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 the Nick Hill who I talk about often. Who oh, we are converting him to be a Bears fan, um, and so cool. he's like you know learning little bit by little bit, and he hangs out with us week to week. Nick Hill, we appreciate you for saying that. I need to. I don't know what that says. Either. <laughs> it's okay. your scalp, bro. <laughs> Slap my scalp. Yes. Thank you. Is that code? It's a good thing Shells isn't here for that one. Because um, who knows where it might have gone, right? So uh, Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. And Hensel's Barbershop located in historic, I have to call it, Naper Thrill, Illinois. Have they been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience, Sheridan's barbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's barbershop or traditional meets modern. Last thing, just just yeah. last thing. If you go to Hensel's or you go to Sheridan's, tell them that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast sent you. It would help us out, help them out too. Absolutely. All right, so I, I kind of want to start this quarter by quarter a little bit just to you know go through because this was as good of a win as this was, and I'm sure you know Ryan probably has some angst. I think out of out of the three of us, the most of us, um, this definitely was a tale of two halves but let's start with the first quarter the bears it, from what it sounded like because it kind of was like in and out of the coin toss 
it sounded like the Bears wanted the ball. They pulled the Matt Hassel back and said, we want the ball and we're going to score, except <laughs> they actually did score on their opening drive. What? I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Uh, Fields had one miss. He missed Darnell Mooney on the first play. I love that they went for the kill shot, but that DJ Moore picked them up. I mean, that first drive I thought was a thing of beauty. I don't know about you guys. It really was. Um, uh, yeah, I think for some reason Mooney and Fields couldn't seem to get in unison, which yeah. was really odd. There was an, another miss on a crossing route later uh, and then uh, should have been a PI in the end zone with, with Mooney. But anyway, they, they couldn't seem to connect. It was a masterful drive. The offensive line was so good. I, I was I, I was on the phone with my son Jack the entire game, uh, full two hours, and it, you know we both have this love for football and some of the specifics. And when they would show some end zone shots on these like gash runs that Khalil yeah. Herbert had, there was these fantastic combo blocks happening by the like the the right guard and the right tackle where they would double somebody and then get onto the linebacker, and it was. It was textbook good football. I mean, especially even though they chose their spots with the run game, when they did choose to run, it was what eight yards in a cloud of dust most times against Washington. And I just, it blew my mind in those instances. I mean, not even to mention how efficient the passing game looked, but to see that in the run game and to see the O-line come out like that was, yeah, it was shocking and just so fun to watch. First thing I want to say to that is Larry Borum definitely got away with one hold could have been two holds on that drive. And and I'm not mad about it because the bears never get the freaking calls. So it's about time that, that things kind of land in our favor just a little bit. But if you would tell me that we would run the ball that efficiently with Kari Blazen game, as well as Khalil Herbert, I know we're, we're talking first, second quarter, right? But I'm just saying that yeah. the way that they established the run that this offensive line early st- establish the run um, and, and pass blocking well is not something that was on, you know, on my radar. I, I, I wouldn't have bought that lottery ticket. You know what I'm trying to say, boys? Like I just, yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. And that was crazy. No, just the play of, I mean, having Nate Davis back and, you know, I, I don't want to say past whatever he was, you know, dealing with, with the death in the family, obviously that something like that can definitely wear on you, um, you know? So Last game was a good game by him. I thought this game was a really good game by him as well. And then when you get Tevin Jenkins finally back in there, I understand why they rotated him. But holy crap, guys, like those two guards, that's the line that a lot of us thought Mm -hmm. we were going to get when Nate Davis signed and they moved Jenkins over. Like those guys are maulers. And you're right. I loved for the most part. I I really did like the play calling. I like the mix of the run and pass. And how about this? We're the Philadelphia Eagles now. We can, the bears can successfully utilize the tush push. How about that? It's it's funny because I almost feel like Luke Getze went on the Twitter and was like, I want to see what all the fans are saying. Why can't we use this? Why don't you use this? Why do you keep keep trying to do uh, a shotgun short runs and stuff like that? Just just, just get it there. Yeah. in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Just go, go go that way. Go that way. But guys like what they lost it somewhere along the line because last year they were really good at getting right up on the line and at least going for third and shorts and fourth and one. Remember like we talked about that last year that they would do it rather normally. It wasn't the touch push specifically, but it was like, like no hesitation up on the line, 
Fields is massive. He is like a Jalen Hurts. I don't know if he like squats 3,000 pounds like Jalen Hurts, but he's a big athletic dude. Get up there and push and let's go. It's almost automatic. Yeah. And you know what? Cole Komet does some pretty good things as a tush pusher. <laughs> I did. I, and our shells wouldn't stop talking about how good he was. And in our text yeah. thread today, Cole Komet, he just, he's like, you know what, guys? I was wrong about Cole Komet. And he's just, I just, I love him. And I just think he's really tough. I think that was the word that he used. Yes. Tough, physical, yes. something along yes. those lines. Yeah. Physical it's guy. Almost getting embarrassing. It's like effusive praise. Like, I maybe he's got a crush on him. He's he a, he's a, he's a man, man pretty as well. Yes, he to use yeah, he's you know Brendan's term. How about that flow on the hair too? Yeah, shells list shells wasn't on the last week's show. He listened to the show, and he just really was very appreciative of how mm. we, I think, um, accurately displayed his feelings of Cole Komet to everyone. So that was very good. Yeah. Um, no, I we're kidding. He's pissed. Throwaways. The the two yeah. I mentioned it on Twitter. But and I know probably one was an intentional grouting, but just in the first quarter alone, um, real mature plays by um, Fields. I saw, I thought, huge improvement in terms of a conscientiousness about timing in the pocket, uh, not taking sacks, uh, figuring out ways to uh, throw the ball away, uh, and great. Like we're, we're looking for growth from Justin Fields. We saw some tonight. And how about there's a couple other plays to go along with that. There was that end around run where he looked, he, I think he went off his, to his second read, wasn't there. And he saw that the edge was sealed. So he was like, I'm just going to run for that first down or very close to it. And then the one play, I remember the quarterback draw, he went for it. There was nothing there. He came back and it kind of looked like he was like, I'm just going to throw it downfield and see what's open. He tucked it and then got back to the line of scrimmage. And so that was one of those like, I keep saying not all sacks are created equal and that might've gone down as a sack, but he got back to the line of scrimmage. He didn't take a loss. And most importantly, he didn't turn the ball over right. just a fantastic, yes. fantastic pocket awareness, whether it was the run game or the pass game from him. So yeah, Jack, that's a, that's a really good point. Not forcing, not forcing the ball, right? Like just, just let it be like live for another down. I, I think that fumble last week probably had a lot to do with that, right? The man, if I had just thrown it away, like even if you take a penalty there, it's better than, than, uh, you know, pick up scoop touchdown for the, for the defense. So yeah, it seems like it's, it's turning a corner. Maybe. Well, I, yeah. I, and I, I mean, I think we'll eventually get there, but I, I would like to just chat about what's transpired, I suppose, in the last like week and a half to two, because you may have noticed that I've been kind of, I've been kind of quiet um, on, on purpose um, because, well, can, do you mind if I just purge it right now? Can I go? I'm go, curious go what you guys it. think. Like when the doom and gloom was happening and I think shells would admit like, he was kind of on the forefront of the doom and gloom, like, you know, fire the whole staff. Uh, none of this is working. Um, Poles is mad, mad, like bad decisions. Uh, Gatsy can't coach. Flues can't coach. Justin's not the one. I, I stayed quiet for two reasons. One, because I was so, I didn't want to believe that this whole rebuild was just already a disaster and had already failed. I just, I had said, like, if this rebuild is a disaster, I don't, I don't know what to think about these Bears and our team anymore. I just would have been so heartbroken. And and in the back of my – and I thought to myself, like, 
what maybe I don't know anything. I said Flus was really good in practice. I said he was a, he could develop quarterbacks. I said Chris Morgan was a good developer of offensive lines. I said I said a lot of things that I think were positive about this group. And then all of a sudden, almost overnight, they were trash and out the door. And I just a little part of me thought maybe not still. Like maybe not. There still were so many new players, like we talked about, so many injuries like we talked about, like at what point have they had the opportunity to truly gel? A lot of teams have been bad in the first four games, not just the bears, maybe not as bad as the bears have been, but bad. And I, I just, I still can't quite believe that everything that was good and that has been built, whether it's polls and draft capital or some of the good free agent moves or some of the draft picks or some of the things that Flus brought in last year that were positive I just don't understand how that all could have gone away and the whole thing is just trash again and we need to blow it up. Now, I know it's one game and it may still need to be blown up and maybe some of those takes were correct takes, but I, I man, and, and maybe I just don't want to believe it because I think you guys know I don't feel like I have to be right, but I just couldn't believe that I was that wrong <laughs> on all of that stuff. And I'm still not sure that I am. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, so I sort of – I. I was on the point where I thought Maddie Brafluce was going to be fired at some point. I didn't think it was going to be midseason. And obviously, like we all look, we all have tweets after Bears games. It's the most overreactionary thing ever, no matter what. Like, yeah, it's one of those like you're I think we even talked about it last year. It's like the rage, the you know, the fit of passion or something. And then the next day you wake up, you're like, okay, well, maybe this wasn't so bad and this wasn't so good or whatever. But in my head, I'm like, I really don't know if Iberflus is the guy. And I kept trying to find those positives and find those things that think the Bears could still build on. One of the things I thought about this week was this team, whether it's his fault or not, they're not healthy. And we don't know, while this defense is not good at all, what does it look like with a healthy Jalen Johnson for more than a couple of games? A healthy Kyler Gordon, a healthy Eddie Jackson. You know, the secondary is for just sure. like... Yeah. Bang, yeah, banged up is like too soft of a word, really. And then, too, I always think about – I kept thinking about Lovey Smith and his first few years with the Bears because, one, not only just because he's like a defensive coach, but, two, because he's a mentor to Ibraflus. And I kept going back to 2005, and I'm like, can this team find their moment after that we suck game where Mike Brown goes to the, the media and he says, like, we just suck. Like, you know, as a defensive leader, that's awful to hear about. And the Bears at that point were, I think they were one and three, same record they have now. And they found their identity and they turned it around. I'm getting slightly more hopeful that this team is finding its identity. Not, no, 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 not that it's going to like turn into Lovey Smith or anything like that. Believe me, that's not it at all. But I just feel like at the very least, they're finding how, who they can be. And that will at least keep them competitive in games. There's still so long of a way to go, though. Like, you're blowing leads now in two straight games. And, I mean, the commander's offense and Sam Howell is a quarterback. Like, he he was he looked like Baker Mayfield looked from the box when he was dicing up the Bears a few weeks ago. That can't happen. These quarterbacks are just continuing to, you know, slice and dice the defense. They finally got pressure, thankfully, which is good. But – you have to still see a lot more. So, Jack, I know what you're saying. I think there there are some positives to start building on, but there's still a long way to go 
to to kind of see if Matt Eberflus can still be a competent head coach because the jury is absolutely still out on that. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know what you think, Ryan. He's won four games. I, exactly. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know why we're arguing that that this could be the guy that's going to take them into a rebuild. He's not the guy. He's clearly not the guy. The thing that I that, that I that I've come away with in these four games is that Matt Eberflus is overwhelmed. He's not the coach that we thought he was last year and Justin Fields may finally be turning a corner when this coaching staff was given no other choice. You watch the first three weeks of the season or sorry, the first two games, especially like, what, what week are we in now? I'm at this point, I'm getting turned around week five. five week five. Sorry. So, so, so the first four games they're, they're, I, I use the word obstinate. Luke Getzey is obstinate. Stop banging your head against a wall, dude. These plays are not working. Trying to make Justin Fields something that he's not and a, and a head coach that is condoning it. Last week, that that loss is, you know, I know Dan Goodwin, you know, said is completely on fluce. I don't think he's 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 totally wrong. I mean, I would say 90% of that, dude, putting Justin Fields in a bad position. I feel like this dude has done that time and time again. And we want to talk about a defensive coordinator, and I understand it. The injuries is the one thing that I will absolutely concede, right? You know, that's something that it's like this team is very, very injured. But on third down, every single game, if it's third and eight or longer, it's 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 almost guaranteed to be a first down for the opposing offense. I I, I don't I don't know how you say that's that's good coaching. That's bad coaching. It's I don't it's know dudes. how I don't know how you hang all those losses from last year on Eberflus. Like how, why would you do like Why? How would you he do doesn't that? know do how that? to win? He doesn't know how to win. Mm. He, uh-huh. he might, he might be as, as you've made a very good point many times, Jack is he might be a good teacher, a teaching technique, but no. there's something about a culture when it comes to winning a game. Why did they lose all of those close games? Cause he doesn't know how to win last week. He doesn't know how to win. Couldn't close out a game. Uh, do I call a timeout uh, when it's fourth and short? Uh, or do I kick a field goal? Well, you know what? I'm going to screw up both of those things and lose a football game. He's not a good head coach. So how do you he explain might... tonight? What's he didn't that? have to think. How do you explain tonight? He didn't think. Luke, Luke Getzi's game plan at Justin Fields. And you know what? More than anything else, it's DJ freaking more carried this team on his back, right? There were so many touchdowns on our, uh, for, for just DJ Moore, right? That, that, that Eberflus's defense, which collapsed again, right? Didn't give the game away. I don't understand why we're yelling at each other about a loss. No, 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 (laughs) no. I know what you mean though. I do. I will say, I think Eberflus coached a much better game this week, um, particularly in the first half. He went in, okay. I think it was like on fourth and two, they decided to take the points, make it a one score game to a two score game. Agree. That's big because of, of course, yes, things broke down. And I'm not like, look, when I say I'm giving Eberflus credit, I'm not saying he's like, you know, still the best coach or anything. There's a many, 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 many things wrong, but I do think that there were some things that he learned from. There was basically no hesitation. I'm going to kick the field goal. I'm going to take the points. And then sure enough, in the fourth quarter, when things did eventually break down, you still had that cushion. Whereas it would have been more than a one, it would have been a one score game. And who knows then, like if you don't have that cushion. So, you know, I thought there was at least improvements there, but you're right, Ryan, the third downs, man. I don't know what it is with, you know, staggering. It's like, I saw somebody tweet that it said, uh, if, if opposing offenses have third and 12, it might as be third and two, it might as well be third and two. 
So it's a new, I mean, I think the we you know the. I mean, the tale of the tape when it comes to first and second half is an indictment that I would say, you know, definitely goes to your argument, Ryan. Um, you know, I you know, I joked on X, like one team made adjustments at halftime. Can you guess which one it was? You know, like y- y- you clearly saw Washington decide that they were going to bring pressure and that was going to be a part, a major part of their adjustment in the second half. And so, like we said in the thread, okay, Flus. Okay, Getsy. Okay, Bears players. What's your response? What's mm-hmm. your reaction? Yeah. Um, and I guess it was enough to hang on, but obviously we still saw that. We saw that momentum shift so drastically, and we're all sitting there waiting for our hearts to like fall back into our chests or back into our stomachs again, and we're like waiting to feel sick, which sucks because that's part of being a Bears fan. But yeah, but it didn't, and they held them off. You know what I mean? They finished a game in a way tonight. Like that ultimately they haven't been finishing games and, and that includes Fields' play. And some of that includes coaching and some of that includes Getsy's play calling at the end, to be honest. I don't think he took the foot off the gas like he did previously. And, and there's three and three running backs are out BT dubs, you know, yeah. and he's still trying to like figure shit out. Now he still does have some of those awful tendencies where, he, you know, like for instance, calling that uh, tight end screen, to Cole Komet in the first half that Dude, Komet what are you fumbled. Doing? Like, I don't understand. Like I, I, do, I still don't quite understand what he's doing in those situations. He still has a knack to just play call in a super odd way in some super odd situations. That's not a play call up against, you know, your own end zone. It maybe is a, a 50 yard line type of play, more space, more room. You don't see, I don't think NFL offensive coaches, call that screen in that situation. So there is an obstinance there. I agree with you. And it's just, it still comes out every now and again, you know, like he can't get out of his own way, but there is like, I think been some great instances of like, think about tonight specifically. He really did a nice job working a series of plays off of that pitch sweep. They ran that pitch sweep to Herbert and it got some decent yards. And then he went to go pitch it to him again. And I was like, Oh, Luke, don't do it again. And instead, he like faked the pitch and he went downfield. And then there was like another extension off of that one play. Good job, Luke Getze. Like that's what we see when good offensive play callers like decide to like build off of other plays within their system. That's what you do. Nice. And I also think it's it's not just Getze either. It is Fields playing better. And I know we talked a little bit about yes. making more smart decisions, but how about him just actually throwing the ball up and giving his wide receivers chances to make yeah. plays? When's the last time we saw that consistently? Well, he, yeah. We always talked about Fields needing those to see like college open, you know? And we yes. finally saw him, okay, I'm just going to throw it up, have DJ Moore make a play, have Dar- Darnell Mooney make a play. And, yeah, sometimes it didn't work, but he kept going back to it, and good things happened. It, it just looked like a lot less hesitation with what he was seeing in coverage. And even in those tight coverages, he was still threading the ball. And, again, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but you have to take those chances. Otherwise, you're just taking sacks. So I was so happy to see that. But um, I do want to talk about the running backs too. Um you know, moving on to the second half a little bit when things started to break down. I mean, Khalil Herbert goes out, Travis Homer goes out seemingly on the same play too. I don't know if you guys saw the clip, like he's limping around as Khalil Herbert's down, trying like oh, getting attention went to reach back to grab that ball that fields through short. Oh, uh, stop. Don't show the replay. Right. Yeah. The replay playing on that same play. Well, he was, it, limping. he was limping. So there was a, oh, maybe man. it just looked 
the same, but it lo- what it looked like to me was everybody was kind of down on a knee, tending to Herbert, and then you see her, like Homer on the sideline just hopping around, and I'm like, where the hell did you get hurt, man? Like know, you're right? you're the last man standing, and so I think that that really just made such a big impact because you became one dimensional for two series essentially because your only healthy running back was Kari Blossom game, and Jack, to your point, that's when the commander started teeing off because they knew the bears had no other option other than to throw it. I mean, it's essentially like, now it's not as bad as this, but like it's like the 49ers game against the Eagles where they had no quarterback and they know, well, we're just going to run it the whole time. Right. So that's really, I do wonder what the offense would have looked like with a healthy Herbert or even a healthy Travis Homer, because the running game was working. It was opening up things in the past game. So I think that, the offense did the best they could with the pieces they had available. And I do wonder now um, if only having, I guess like three running backs was still enough, but Deontay Foreman being inactive, man, like that really bit him in the butt. Um, and I do want to go back to an earlier comment. I, I flagged this from, uh, from Argyle Heidi just said, what do you think about blossom game really stepping up? Well, I mean, I, we talked awesome. about it. I love Blossom game. Yeah. And I it sucked that he was getting the touches he was just because it was out of necessity, but he made him count. I mean, you're turning up like four or five yards at a time as a mm-hmm. fullback in 2023. Like, how about that? Yeah, and I think it's spoke to the line too. I think the line continued to to block well. I mean, he had eight carries for 26 yards, about 3.3, you know, clip per carry, but it just seemed like in terms of timing, I mean you know, you think about it like, hey, dude, there's no one else behind you. So we need you to do this thing. Carry the ball. Did they say on the broadcast he'd only carried it three times previously? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know what? And he did. He secured the ball and he got positive yardage. Can, can we just I, – I, I think people are underselling Khalil Herbert's, like, running ability right now. So if we think – t- he, he, he rushed for 10 rushes, 76 yards, 7.6 a pop. Right. And, and so then the last couple games, he's averaged five and a half, four and a half. He had one where he only had three, but he had hardly any carries and five of that first one. Right. So I can't math, but if you're close to six yards, a carry on the season, I, yeah. they need to feed him the rock more. I've been tweeting that like every single game. I want to see more Khalil Herbert. And I understand with this injury, what we'll see what happens, but just like last year, they're exceptional at running the football. So run the football, right? Like I, I understand, like we want to see fields pass for 350 yards and, and throw for four tutties every, every single week. We, we want to see those things. It's exciting. But also as you go down the stretch, like you've got to learn to run the football, especially when you have such good running backs. And that's what I want to see more of. And that's also what Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis excel in. I mean, if you watch Tennessee's offense last year, Nate Davis was one of the best run blocking guards in the league. And then we know Tevin Jenkins, he's a mauler with those guys on the field. You're right. You have to stick with the run. And I, man, I think it's really interesting that remember before the season, we were all saying, and I see we as like the bears fans, but everybody was saying by week five or week six, Roshan Johnson is going to be that bell cow back. He is going to take over and leave everybody in the dust. No, sir. No, Khalil Herbert is holding on to that ball and holding on to that job, and he is not letting go. Roshan's a good, tough runner. He's a good, tough runner. He is. But he's not Khalil Herbert right now. I think they both have outstanding hammer the line of scrimmage speed. Both of them are not dancers, and I feel like they both 
run downhill and find seams well, and then they just go. They both seem to have a bit of breakaway potential. We've seen Herbert get out in the open in ways that we have not necessarily seen so much and maybe one of our complaints with, with Demo. Um, so like that, like that part of it, I think is, uh, is, is, is really impressive. They're both, I think, very good at that. Um, I can't remember my second point, so never mind. <laughs> um, I, I have a few more. I just remembered. Oh, I, apologize. I can't wait to see the clips of Tevin Jenkins absolutely burying people into the ground this week. Just like when I saw him out there for the first time, that's the first thing I said to my son Jack on the phone. I'm like, I can't wait for the clips on Twitter on X of him just burying dudes into the turf. I'm never calling it the letter, Jack. I know you're trying to make the switch, but it's Twitter. I know. I don't care how many billionaires buy it and try to change the name. It's it's Twitter. I feel like I have to. I call it an excrement when I tweet. It's just (laughs) yeah, yeah. That was Jack's joke. So yeah. Oh man, there we go. Uh, A couple more stats for you. Uh, 451 total yards of offense today. Outstanding. I mean, 30, you know, 30 yards time of possession, not bad. I thought this was interesting. Um, Justin Fields, I thought, had, you know, we talked about it, decent day, making good decisions, a couple bad throws. He only completed passes to three wide receiver or three receivers tonight. Hmm. And he threw for 282 yards. That's hmm. kind of insane. It was DJ Moore, obviously, Cole Komet, and good old Bobby Tunyon. Justin Fields I- completed one, only completed passes to one wide receiver. But when that wide receiver is DJ Moore, I mean, it was funny hearing them say that uh, that he's already booked his ticket to the Pro Bowl in one game. And I mean, they're they're not wrong. I, I think the thing that we got to remember about Carolina is he played super duper well with in, un, like incredibly inconsistent quarterback play. Like you never knew who it was going to be from from week to week. Um, sometimes it was just terrible quarterback play and he's still finding a way to make it. I tweeted something along the lines of just, I mean, they're, they're going to be, he's going to be so happy that he's here because he's going to get the, the, the ball all the time. And especially in the red zone, I know that was one of the big knocks on him is that he couldn't get in the red zone. That has not been a problem for him this season. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan, because I have to sadly pay up. Um, there was not, not with any of you, but, uh, I had a bet with Jeff Burkus of Windy City Gridiron before the season started. We were talking about over/under totals for DJ Moore, and he basically said, "Like I'm taking the overs on everything: yards, catches, touchdowns, all of that." And I said, "I'm going to take the under on touchdowns. I think he's going to have an insane amount of yards, but he's not going to get into the end zone." <laughs> Do you guys want to know what the touchdown total was? Yes, four and a half. Oh boy. He uh he beat it in week five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I owe my friend Jeff, and I'm happy to pay it because I pretty much said um, it's okay if I pay this bet because that means DJ Moore is really freaking good. I ho- owe him a bottle of bourbon, so I'll be sending that nice. to Iowa. I'm happy to pay that though. It's so wild when you like kind of bet against your own interests because like tonight I played heavy on everything air game Washington. I thought, you know, our defensive backfield is pretty much shit. We don't get a whole lot of pass pressure. I'm going to go on the overs with Sam Howell. I'm going to go on the overs, you know, with the, you know, Johnny Dotson. I'm going to, I'm going to take overs. 
And then right at the end, I don't know if it was my conscience or what it was, but I saw that the Bears were on plus money on the money line to win. So I threw five down on them to win, to win on the money line. And I won it. And I was like, I guess that saves my soul a little bit that I was, you know, I mean, but then they threw so well in the second half, I kind of cashed in on some of those air bets too. So, but it's weird to bet against your own interests. Yeah, I call it the emotional hedge. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if I lose money, I lose money, but that means the Bears did well, so I'm yeah. a winner either way. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. I, I want to talk about the defense a little bit. We talk a lot about the offense. I know defense was a topic a little bit, but um, once again, just tale of two halves, bringing pressure, making Sam Howell feel uncomfortable. I mean, he was inaccurate and they were making plays on the wide receivers as they were going downfield. And then, of course, the second half happens and he turns into Drew Brees or something. And these guys are just breaking tackles. He, well, hold on. Let me go back. He's a mix of Drew Brees and Cam Newton because of how many sacks he was breaking. I couldn't believe it. Like Sam Howell's not a great, great running guy. But we just, um, I would say those were missed tackles more than there were broken tackles. They were, but it still counts. <laughs> yeah, but the good news is we did see more. Like we saw, I thought more effort out of guys. And even last week, there wasn't that much effort. I saw Tyreek Stevenson at some points was dogging it. But you actually saw, in my opinion, the hits principle come to life where guys are going after footballs when, you know, trying to create fumbles like Terrell Smith creating that fumble. Um, I can't remember who the receiver was, but, you know, as he's going down, you got the interception from Greg Stroman, who just had a phenomenal game all around, you know, making sacks, getting picks, all of that. Like, as bad as it was in the second half, I still was feeling a lot better about the defense because we talked about like a little bit more pressure and a little bit more smart play, especially from some of those backup DBs. What do you guys think? Well, a couple of things. One, when I tweeted this week that the Bears, um, you know, pressure rate percentage went down when they blitzed, it hurt my brain and I didn't understand how that was possible. And then people were like, we've got to blitz Washington because they like allow tons of sacks. So I'm glad that it didn't play out that way. I don't know what the actual statistical data will show in terms of blitz and, and their pressure rates. Um but I mean, we've gotten this far in the show without saying his name. Ryan, didn't you shout him out last week? Marcus Stroman. Is it junior? I Greg sure Stroman. did. Yeah. Greg, Greg Stroman, Stroman Jr. Marcus Stroman's yeah. pitcher. Uh thanks. Sorry. Sack. <laughs> uh he had a sack. He had an interception. Uh he had uh uh seven seven tackles. I mean, and he played great last week too. So talk about like picking up the baton and running with it. I mean, what what a great game. I want to see more of that kid. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen because you have a long-ish break now. So hopefully guys like Jalen Johnson can get healthy. Hopefully Kyler Gordon then comes back because Stroman, I think, was playing the the nickel corner for the most part. Mm -hmm. So where does he fit in? Does he go back down the practice squad? You can you can use guys like that. I mean, maybe he becomes the the new Josh Blackwell because he's been on injured reserve. But you're right. He he's a gamer. Just phenomenal play tonight, and um, I like how they used him too. Just coming off free off that blitz, we haven't seen that. I mean, come yeah. on, it's it, it took five weeks, but um, no, I was happy to see that. I, I just when you see that the DC must have done some um, decent uh, decent play calling, uh, and I don't know. 
The defensive <laughs> coordinator. For for who? For the Bears. Um, he's saying Matty. Giving, giving, letting, letting, letting Sam Howell pass for almost. No, I was, about the, I was talking about the corner blitz off the off the edge that created a sack for Marcus Stroman. Oh my God, it was almost it. 400 yards. I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh-huh. Jeez. 388 yards. Mostly in the second so, half. It had to have been, right? Because, I mean, we had we had consecutive three and outs. <laughs> I don't no, think he had, yeah, he had 96 yards at half, I believe. I saw the, the yeah. graphic. Uh, yeah. Lo- Lo- Logan Thomas is highly underrated. A couple of those catches, especially the one that was going towards the ground. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, my hat's off to that guy. Uh, for for a couple of those plays, you know that wasn't just defenders being in the wrong spot. I, you know, part of it too. Now, Jack, you know, I'm, I I think being fair, we we should say, you know, like thinking this is a, a branch off of the Tampa two defense, which is notorious for giving up lots of yards, you know, between the twenties, but not letting teams score and creating turnovers, um, you know. But they just the three. Every quarterback has looked you know, pro bowl level against the bears this season. And I think that's the thing that's, that's just been so damn frustrating. He had a 99.1 rating. I mean, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, he's been very good this year. Um, He didn't beat us today. Yeah. But look, that only happens when your offense is actually playing good football, which is very rare. And it actually happened the last two times. So if you're, if you're not putting up 27 points in the first half, and then you have that soft defense in the second half. What happens then? So yeah. it, it does it, things like that need to be fixed. My biggest yeah. gripe continues to be the linebackers. I just do not, I do not see what Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards should have had a pick today, by the way. That was a bad missed pick by him. I mean, I think that would have taken a what's that? <laughs> I, I I said to Jack on the phone, I go, we couldn't get a pick if it hit us in the in the face. And then I watched the preview and it did hit him in the face. <laughs> Hey, just, just I, I don't want to, be, I don't want to be that guy, but I may be that guy. His Go quarterback ratings, Howell's ratings this season, seventy seven point six for week one, one hundred eight point eight for for week two. That was awesome. Week three, forty one point five. Yeah, and then last week was ninety eight point six. So Jack, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but that's actually one of his highest ratings this season. So, and to your point, Brendan you're paying an awful lot of money for those guys to, to look not great. And I asked the question in the thread, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to talk about this for any length of time, but seeing Roquan be, you know, play as well as he did here at, and the good times, but also to be recognized, it, it stings a little bit, you know, and then see Khalil Mack at six, uh, six sacks, also hurts a little bit, you know? So, I, I mean, I asked the question, did we do the right thing? You know, and I, I definitely think, you know, this defensive line is terrible. It's, it's, it's not good. Um, and, and we need that, f- that pressure up front, especially Jack has talked endlessly about the three technique um, and they don't have one, but for what you're paying those guys, woof. Well, I mean, well, you, you picked up a guy in free agency that leads your team in tackles. And I know we like kind of like poo-pooed that last week, but it, I mean, he led the team in tackles today, TJ Edwards. He's led the team in tackles several times. Uh, he has 52, you know, tackles uh, uh, on the year, and the two top tacklers on the team are are Edwards and Edmonds. Now, I but still how- think the point is a good one that you're making in terms of the level of playmaking that we were hoping for. I wonder. I'd like to watch film because I think part of the reason that they got especially Edmonds was because of his versatility to be able to run with 
um, tight ends and um, and with running backs. And I, I w- it would be interesting to see the extent to which that has played out as they hoped it would. I mean, as I guess as I think about it, like we tell me if this is just straight wrong. I mean, I don't feel like we have we given up a, a ton of yards to tight ends and to RBs out of the backfield. I mean, I know it's putting you on the spot, but I just... Well, so, t- I mean, tight end, obviously, as I, I was just talking about, Tom yeah. Thomas had... He was their leading receiver with 77 yards um, last week. I mean, because the week before is Kelsey. That doesn't count. Yeah, Luke no. Musgrave in week one had a decent that's game. Right. That's true. Yeah, so I'm curious. I would, I, would just, I would be interested to see the extent to which that's played out. But I no, I, I think... I, I mean, I, I partially agree with you. I think that they maybe haven't flashed in the way that we... Oh, but then how do we account for them? I mean, because they're linebackers, oh, it, they're leading in tackles, but that's not a good enough or no, because it's happening way after they let up a first down, it's you know, down. it's, it's cleanup. It's, it's 10, 15 yards down, down the field after yeah. a play has already been made. Yeah. That's how I see and, it. And I don't know how, like what assignment each guy is needing to do on a play. Like, I'm not going to pretend to understand that, but it, I just look for Edmonds, specifically Edmonds a lot, because yeah. like you said, he's brought in to kind of be that versatile guy, like a Brian Urlacher esque linebacker who can play sideline to sideline. And I just don't see that from him. It looks like he's lost a lot of times. There was one play in particular. I think Jahan Dotson was the receiver, but he just blew right past Edmonds. You know, I think it was like a little uh, like skinny post coming off the slot from the right side over to the left and just went right behind him ball caught right in the bread basket for a big gain late in the game. And I'm just like, you know, your linebacker just looks lost out there. He's supposed to be at the very least like slow him up, but Mm -hmm. that wasn't happening. So I just want to, I want to see more out of that. I will say though, the defensive line, I was much more encouraged by, and I know Washington's offensive line isn't anything special. I mean, they have Charles Leno for God's sake, but I mean, they got four, they got four sacks. They were making Sam Howell uncomfortable in the, in the pocket. I thought Jervon Dexter had a really good game. He was creating pressure finally. So you're starting to see a little bit more of those bright spots finally come to light. Demarcus Walker too. I thought he had a solid game overall. So things are, you're starting to see some things happen after not seeing much of anything happen for the first few weeks. I think it would be interesting to see the extent, you know, you think about um, uh, Edmonds running free in a Buffalo Bills defense that's, you know, well-established. And so he looks super athletic and he is running from side sideline to sideline. It, it, it would be interesting to see somebody isolate the extent to which he has um, offensive linemen in his face, his ability to shed blockers, which is kind of key as a linebacker. And maybe he's not getting off either. A, he's not getting off blocks and he's getting blocked. Or B, if he's not getting blocked, and to your point, Brendan, he's still not finding himself meeting uh, ball carriers in, in the hole, then eesh, you know, that would, like, I'd like to see some isolation. I'd be really curious to see what his play looks like. Yeah, for sure. All right. Should we do uh, our favorite segment, Outhouse and the Penthouse, Ryan? Let's do it. Yes, yes, we should. Give me one second because, you know, wasn't quite ready for it, but we got this. We got this. Okay. Uh, All right. So, boys, it's time for the outhouse and the penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, we know Jeff has been working hard since the end of the year to expand his real estate services. Now he's doing commercial properties. I, You know what? When I was talking to Jeff, I was just kind of thinking about, like, dude, is there anything that you don't do? And now, basically, there isn't when it comes to real estate. Like, he, he's got everything covered. 
do yourself a favor. Go to GenevaJeff.com today. Just just talk to him. Uh, you know, shoot him a text. Uh, 630-254-4734. Uh, Jeff Cadwalder with SVN Realty. You're thinking, you know what? Maybe I do want to open that that little coffee shop. Maybe I want to, you know, open up that bakery. Maybe I want to think about buying a new house, but I'm I'm a little bit unsure of how it's going to look. Jeff Cadwalder. He's your guy. He's our guy. If you talk to Jeff with SVN Landmark Realty, please, please let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. Now, Brendan, I mean, you're running the show and you've done a phenomenal job. But this is, I just got to remind you because this hasn't happened in almost two I, years. I, I'm going to let you, first off, it is, yes, we are going to the penthouse first. What? And you get to kick it off. You get to go first, my friend. <laughs> What do I? What do I do? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? I just don't know. Don't know it's what to do moment. right now. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of pressure. Oh, two people. Two people. Two people. Who do I? Oh, okay, you got it. I. 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 The think it. It. You. You go back and forth between the two, and I know. I know who I'm going to pick, but my heart really wants to say Justin Fields because of how attacked, how maligned this guy has been in the last two games, you know, to, to have eight touchdowns and one interception, but I'm going to stop talking stats about Justin Fields because it has to go to DJ Moore. It has to go to DJ Moore. So 10 targets, eight receptions, 230 yards. As Brendan pointed out, it is 20 yards short of the bears record, three tutties. And honestly should have been another one because he didn't step out of bounds. I, I think the thing that is catching me so much is Brendan. You kind of alluded to it earlier is his route running. It is special. He finds a way to get open when he shouldn't be open. And I just, I, it, I'm a little giddy about yeah. having a, a, a playmaker yeah, and more are. than anything, having Luke Getze finally having his head hit against a wall so many times. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we just like kind of force the ball to DJ Moore, even when it seems like he might not be open when there were three plays, right? Three catches that I can think of right off the top of my head where he did not look to be open. Justin Fields threw the ball in his direction anyway, and he made a play in the ball and, and his yak. <laughs> Dude. I don't know what it was, but it was a lot of yak. And I know I love saying yak because Jack talks about yak all the time. And now I just wanted to say yak. <laughs> Jack. You got it inappropriately enough times. Like <laughs> I got to go first. I, I got know. to go first. I love this it. This is awesome. I, I love it Brendan. for you. I love it for the bears. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Who do you got, Jack? Uh, I'm going to uh, – so many good choices – we already talked about Strowman. Uh, you just kind of mentioned Fields. All right. So it seems odd because I am so excited about this game. I really am. But I just do think that the third phase gets, phase gets overlooked. And I think special teams-wise, there's some credit to be given. I mean, Santos, he kicked every ball in the end zone. That's huge for field position. He was four for four, I believe, on field goals tonight. Uh, he made all of his extra points. I mean, Washington missed a pretty critical field goal there at the end. It kind of yep. sucks. Uh, we talked about it on the thread. I think Trent Taylor was a really nice pickup uh, as a punt returner. Um, you know, he, he just had two for 17 yards with an eight and a half yard average, but I just feel like he could break one. He's got some speed, but he's just secure with the ball and he just makes us feel confident back there. And maybe some suspect decisions on whether to catch it or fair catch it in the early part of his career here, but mostly pretty darn good. Um yeah, I think we were just pretty good on the special teams game all around. I don't 
can't think of a flaw. And that's, if there were a flaw, we'd talk about it and it would have potentially been detrimental in the game. So they're special teams. Nice job. Penthouse. One flaw. They had one, I think like the one punt return or maybe a couple yes. times. Yeah. There yeah. was one punt return. That was bad. Other than that, you're yeah. right. It was, it was very well done. I thought there was a block in the back on that one though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just blame it on that. Yeah. Right. Um, mine is going to be a combo because we, we talked about him a lot already, Justin Fields, and I'm going to put in Luke Getzey as well. So, uh, cause I'm going last and nobody picked him. Uh, Justin Fields talked about it a little bit, 15 of 29, 282 yards, four touchdowns, nice. Uh, zero interceptions. I almost said four interceptions. That's not right. Uh, for a quarterback rating of 125.3, that'll do guys. That'll do. And just the fact that he, he was so decisive. He was confident in the pocket. Even when things broke down, he knew what he was doing. He was getting rid of the ball when he needed to holding onto it when he needed to, there was very few times we actually said like, what are you doing in the pocket? I I said this in uh, one of my Bears bowls, and I know people aren't going to like this, but I would go Mitchell Trubisky's 2018 game against the Buccaneers where he just decimated them. People don't remember that he was on a tear for the next like four weeks until he got hurt. That made him play much more confidently. And so in my head, I said, I'm like, I think Fields is going to have another really good game because when it clicks once and you kind of don't have time to think about it, and even during the press conference this week, he was feeling good. He was feeling confident. So I had a feeling that was going to carry over, and now I'm so excited that hopefully that's going to carry over for now like multiple games instead of just one. And then real quickly, I'll just say Luke Getze. I thought for everything that went wrong in terms of injuries and kind of managing that, I thought he did – a really good job in the first half as best as he could in the second half with keeping things moving. And like we said, force feeding the ball to DJ Moore, putting in run plays when you need to, and actually implementing the tush push and moving things along quickly and not letting like people second guess things. Yes. <laughs> Can I also say uh, scoring 36 or sorry, 37 points for my fantasy football league. I'm playing Noel from the Irish Bears show right now. Nice. Uh, so one player getting 36 points. I'm very happy about that. Thanks, That's Justin. You. It's nice to go into like the Sunday and just kind of like kick your feet up and yeah. feel good about that. That's that's good stuff. All right, guys, who is in your outhouse? We'll go the same order. So Ryan gets to go twice again or gets to go first twice. I'm going to make this really short because I just, I keep banging, you know, just banging the drum on this one. I, third down, third and long. You, you're, you're bad, terrible, atrocious at it. I'm, I'm sick of it. It's just fix it. Find a way to get better at it. It's fair. Uh, I'm going to reach a little bit, kind of the NFL and the rules committee, two things they've killed the kick return and it just kind of irks me. I'd like to see some kick returns. It's a really fun play. I know why they've done it mostly because of player safety and that is legitimate. And then I don't know guys, I think there's like a real big hypocrisy when it comes to like protecting the quarterback and just generally speaking, people's heads and concussions now all of a sudden they have allowed for quite a bit of uh, of tackling and and whipping into the ground. It's yeah. almost as if since defensive linemen are no longer allowed to like really hit the quarterback or land on them, they've replaced it with these like whip tackles. And there was a point tonight where Justin Fields, 
I mean, I thought separated shoulder and or concussion both. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the in the um, the the concussion protocol. He got his head got yeah. hit a lot, sometimes cleanly and sometimes not. So listen, NFL, either protect the head or don't. I realize there are situations in which it's like it just happens because people are flying around on the field, but I I don't know. I think there's a you know, there's a money-making hypocrisy in the NFL, and we know that exists, but I, it just – it concerns me. Like, you really should protect, the he- like, like players' uh, uh, heads for sure. There was one writer, uh, Luke Easterling. Um, I can't remember who he writes for now. I know he used to do Bucks Wire. But he said on that one hit that you're talking about, if that was Patrick Mahomes, that's a penalty right away, easily. Where he whipped him into the ground? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My outhouse goes to Darnell Mooney. Just not on the same page as Justin Fields. He misses that. Granted, it was a little PI, but he misses that touchdown where, you know, he had to slow up for the ball a little bit. I thought the first play, too, my buddy and I, um, my buddy Brad, he comes over. We watched like most of the games together and we're just in it. Like we're, we're dissecting things and we're trying to see him. Like, is that more on the wide receiver or is that more on the quarterback? And it kind of seemed like the ball kind of went right over his head and he kind of wasn't sure which way to turn. So he just, you know, slows up jumps a little early to try to get it, but either way, just not on the same page as Justin Fields. And I was really, I was upset about that. I was bummed because I really wanted him to have a bounce back game because remember last year against the commanders, he had that bobbled catch that resulted in a loss. And I know that war, uh, war on him a lot. So I was hoping for a bounce back game from him. Didn't get it. Didn't get a catch today. So bit, bit surprising, especially after the game he had last week, but you know, hopefully it's just a, uh, an anomaly. All right. Um, we need to anything else before we talk about one more topic before we get out of here that we have not talked about that needs to be discussed. Anything else from the game that you guys can think of? Let's Just go. to follow up on your point, yeah. I guess especially surprised because Washington has uh, been very good against the tight end. So I thought they would shut uh, Cole Komet down. They didn't. Claypool is no longer in the picture. So I thought, okay, it's DJ Moore or it's it's Mooney. So for him to come out with zero catches, very surprised by that. Do you still believe in the staff, Brendan? Because, Jack, I know how you feel it, but, Brendan, you kind of went back and forth. And I, I I do think there are some people that worry that, like, a couple wins by this coach, right, you know, that it's still not the right staff for him. I guess I, I, I know we talked about it a little bit, but that's just something that's very, very much on my mind. Um, or do you worry at all that they got a win, right, when you could get the, that first and second overall pick? You know, we still have the – the Caleb Williams conversation, which we're way too far out for that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just rambling on at this point. No, I know what you're saying. Um, I thought about this a lot and I cannot think about the draft right now. I just can't. And the thing is it's October 5th, almost October 6th. We're more than three months away from the end of the season and a lot can change good or bad. So I I can't sit here and say, let's tank for the number one overall pick and get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. because Justin Fields isn't it. I still have my concerns about Justin Fields because, look, as well as he did, those are still kind of subpar defenses, and you want to string that together more. We're starting to see it now, but, you know, let's just get a little more more consistent and see how this looks in the middle of November. But I, I can't sit here and say, let's lose out, let's fire everybody and just guarantee another losing season because I, when did we stop drafting for the season and, you know, and start playing the season for the draft? 
That's how it feels. I'm not mm. going through this football season just so we can get to April and watch a couple college kids get picked just so we can then think about how good they might be in two to three years. I can't live like that. So the fact that we're here now, I'm celebrating a win. I want this team 100%. to win. I would be thrilled if things turned around. Iberflus found his way. The offense continues to stack on good performances. And then we laugh about all of this conversation at Thanksgiving saying, can you remember then we were thinking that the Bears were going to have to fire everybody because this was all a joke. So to answer your question, I'm not like I'm not in on the staff yet. I'm still in more wait and see mode, obviously. Um I want to see what this looks like with a healthy team, with a healthy defense. And I will say, though, I feel more confident about the offense. I feel like Luke Getze and Justin Fields are finally clicking and working together to find things. And they trust each other more. So that I'm more um, positive about. But there are still there are still issues with the defense. I think not having a defensive coordinator is still a detriment to this team. But let's just get to November. At the very least, I mean, we really should just be getting to January more than anything, but I'm not going to entertain any conversations until November. Sorry, I'm we just reading Bruja's uh, comment. No, we love these <laughs> so for, yeah, for our audio-only listeners, amazing number one Bears post-game pod in Canada, eh? Uh, Bruja, let's let's all have a beer to you, please. Yes, yes. All right, last last call for anything else from the game. Nope. Uh, Nope. All right. Uh, We have not talked about this yet, but it was a major, major storyline that happened earlier in the day, right before the game. Um, I was shocked, like actually shocked when I got the news that Dick Butkus, the former legendary linebacker, the bears passed away. And um, it, it just, it broke my heart. It was crushed. He was, he was everything to the bears. Like he, he, no matter what, no matter how old he was, no matter how bad the bears were, he was everywhere when it came to going to games, being accessible, being that kind of like, you know, former player ambassador and being that connection from the past to the present. Now Um, is just a larger than life guy. And to hear that he passed away on Thursday, just, you know, thankfully it was in his sleep at the very least peacefully, but um, just broke my heart. And, um, you know, I just kind of want to hear what you guys thought, you know, any like memories of Dick Butkus. And, you know, I, I thought it was really special that the Bears finally were able to get a win. Like, you know, do it for do it for Butkus, do it for 51 tonight. Um, I thought that was really cool. And I'll, I'll just say before I let, you know, let you guys go. Um, it was so cool that John Buffone, the, um, the uh, nephew, I believe, or great nephew of uh, Doug Buffone was was at the game. And of course, Doug Buffon being, you know, the legendary teammate of Dick Butkus and kind of being that guy playing next to him. I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yeah, Bears are definitely winning this game now. But um, yeah, just kind of, you know, wanted to get your quick thoughts on uh, on number 51. I mean, definitely raise a glass to Dick Butkus and a Bear legend and a cornerstone of the franchise for as long as he lived. And he will continue to be a cornerstone of this franchise they put a picture of uh, Gail Sayers and uh, Hallis and uh, Dick Butkus. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of like paused and looked at it and thought and said to Jack on the phone, that is a great picture filled with bears excellence. And um, it just, it kind of struck me. I mean, I know I'm super old, but he did play before my time 
Uh, so like a lot of us, I've, I've only seen the clips. I mean, you, you're talking like when you think about black and blue division, when you think about monsters of the midway, when you think about like, linebackers that are just iconic to the bears brand, right? It's him. It's Singletary. It's Erlocker. Um, So rest in peace and condolences to them, to the whole family and to the bears family. One of the things that I, I, I heard, countless times growing up as a bears fan uh, from everyone that would say it, whether it be my family or whatever, is that people were afraid of Dick Butkus. They were afraid to go up the middle. They were afraid of a linebacker that he was going to hurt them. Right. And just to think about that kind of intimidation, you know, you think Ray Lewis, right? Like guys didn't want to go over the middle. They didn't want to hit by Ray Lewis. Like, where does that come from? That comes from Butkus, right? Basically, designing the middle linebacker to, to play that. Right. And so that's, that's, that's all a nod to him. So yeah, my, my thoughts go out to him and his fan or and his family big time. Just last thing I'll say about it. I, when I heard and kind of like, you know, thinking about it and just kind of getting ready for the game, I had, I don't know how to explain it, but man, I had this fire going in my heart. I was like, I want to play, man. I want to play football. I want to go on the field and hit somebody like, you know, go back to my days playing high school or flag. And I'm just like, if I'm feeling like that, the Chicago Bears players have to be feeling like that because even though they, they, you know, he was way, way, way before their time, he was just at the stadium in September for the home opener. He was that guy. He was, like I said, he was around, he was like an ambassador. So I felt like that, that was coming and I felt a win. I felt like that manifested a win. And so um, just a sad day, but it was, you know, at the very least it it was good to see, see them win for Dick. So um, yeah, condolences, like you guys said to, to the bears family, to the Buckus family. And um, you know, hopefully, uh, obviously he'll be remembered forever. He, you know, his legacy and just seeing the outpouring from NFL fans all over, all over the world was, was awesome today. Um, all right. With that, let's, uh, let's get to quick shout outs and get out of here. Cause I know it's late. Uh, let's go with Ryan Jack and I'll wrap it up. If you guys have any shout outs. Uh, so Bruja seven, who is said, it's okay. If I say Ty, First name is Ty. We call him Ty D. Can't say anything else, and I won't say anything else. But but Ty, shout out to you for for always hanging out with us. We we appreciate you to have two favorite Canadians, right? Like I never thought I would say that sentence, but I do. Uh, so just uh, an absolute love to you, Dan Goodwin the Third, for coming on a show last week, and it just was fun. I don't know about you, just when he rolls out the 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 Cubs banner and then and then the Notre Dame I lost it dude it was just it was really really funny um and then uh yeah just uh to you guys for just you know keeping my head on when the bears are just terrible and remembering how lucky we are to have a podcast uh that people actually listen to um and hang out with us is just we gotta remember that remember the the important stuff so thanks to you guys I think that's, you know, it's maybe a little bit of a cop out, but I don't feel like it is because that's, I just was left with maybe because we took a week off uh, with the chiefs week and we all kind of were doing legitimate things with our families. And, but we came back even after like that brutal loss. And I just left with that night after we recorded our pod last Sunday, feeling like, like, I still love this. This was still fun. Like I just, like, I love chatting with these guys and I love chatting with the people in the, you know, that are in the comments section and asking questions. We had just such a fun 
good show and I loved it. So I'm shouting out you guys. Um, and I know we do that sometimes and perhaps that's self-serving, but I mean it. And I think like people know that we like get along and enjoy one another and the conversations that we have. And then that's important, um, you know, because I think it makes people want to listen. Or at least I hope it does. So shout out to you guys and, and to the show for just enduring, man. We've endured so much uh, like a lot of Bears fans uh, to try to pull some good out of uh, some some really bad, bad. Yeah, that's well said. And you're right. I mean, you know, we we all do get along. That's the cool thing. It's, you know, I, we talk about it with our favorite radio shows uh, like Waddle and Sylvie. Those guys are actually friends and it shows when they have the chemistry. So um, that's a good shout out, Jack. Uh, I got three. One to my buddy, Brad. Uh, like I said, he's you know, we just watch games together. He's one of the smartest football brains I know, and he gets we get so hyped. If there was a camera on us, you guys would not believe how hyped and like just loud and intense we get watching it. Um, it it's something I hope only a few people see, thankfully. Uh, but shout out to him. Uh, it's always fun watching the games and to celebrate a win. Uh, shout out to, like I said, Jeff Burkus at Gridironborn. Uh, I owe you bourbon. And he's also a great follow, great writer, great podcaster over at Windy City Gridiron. And finally, shout out to uh, yeah TJ, shout out to Shells for being Komet's number one fan. That's very important. Thank you for spreading the good word, my friend. Uh, finally, shout out to Alyssa Barbieri. Today is her birthday. Happy and birthday. Oh, happy birthday. What a present to get a yeah. Bears victory on her birthday Dude. for the first time in almost a year. Uh, she does phenomenal work. She works her ass off. So I'm really glad that she was able to enjoy her birthday just a little bit more with, with the Bears win. So um, thank you guys, as always, for listening, for watching, for interacting. We love, seriously, we read the chat all the time. You know, even if we don't respond or show every comment, we see it and we appreciate it. So thank you. Please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. You know, continue to follow us. Uh, I think we're going to have a pod Sunday um, TBD. I think Ryan, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what, you know, depending on how much we celebrate and drink this weekend, but um, you know, so just kind of follow our socials for that. Um, Yeah. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things, like subscribe, do all the necessary things. If you haven't yet, if this is your first time watching uh, we really appreciate it. So for Logan Bradley, Patrick Sheldon, Ryan Dangle, Jack Wright. I am Brendan Chagru. Thank you all for being here. And as always, bear down, Chicago. Chicago.